0: begin in 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 17 through 19 today. We're going to pick up in the middle of a story here. Many of you have heard this story before, some not. That's okay. I'll give you a short synopsis today. 2 Kings chapter 13, verses 17 through 19 says this, and he said, open the window eastward, and he opened it. Before I go any further, notice he was obedient. He did what he was asked. Then Elisha said, shoot, and he shot. And he said, the arrow of the Lord's deliverance and the arrow of deliverance from Syria. For thou shalt smite the Syrians and Aphex, till thou have consumed them. Verse 18, and he said, take the arrows, and he took them. Obedience again, right? And he said unto the king of Israel, smite upon the ground, and he smote thrice, three times, and stayed. He stopped right there and stood there. Verse 19, and the man of God was wroth with him and said, thou shouldest have smitten five or six times. Why just stop at three? Then hadst thou smitten Syria till thou hast consumed it. whereas now thou shalt smite Syria but thrice you're only going to smite them three times because you wouldn't go any further if you put your Bibles down pray with me one more time that God would bless his word in Jesus name God we're so grateful and thankful Lord for your word it's sharper than any two-edged sword God Lord it cuts to the heart of every man woman boy and girl Lord, in Jesus' name, pluck out that which should not remain, God, and put that which should, God. Lord, let your word edify your body, uplift, revive, restore, direct, and protect today, God. Lord, help me to act in obedience to your word in your way, God, to speak what you would have me to speak. Nothing less, nothing more. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated in the name of the Lord. I want to talk about this subject today, Go a little further go a little further the story picks up in king joash and elisha the prophet is near unto death and the scripture tells us that he's visited by this king and uh, he's in the midst of the situation maybe joash has Gotten to a place where he has learned to rely on the prophet of God and heed his word or uh, heed his beckoning and his call. And for whatever reason, he has gotten to the place where he knows where his help comes from. His help comes from the Lord. But it flows through the prophet of God. Yes, Joash was king, but... In the midst of all that, he submitted to the man of God who was uh, inclined to the wisdom of the Lord and the understanding of God and all that he had to offer him in his life. So he finds himself in this place visiting Elisha as he is unto death or sick unto death or about to die, whatever the case may have been in this moment. And he's tormented by Syria and he's troubled by Syria. It was their enemy. It was who they fought for. good long while and if you go back in time, the Israelites would suffer with many enemies but this was one of the greatest at this moment of time that they suffered against. So King Joash finds himself in this moment and he goes unto the prophet of God, even unto death and he's looking for an answer, he's looking for direction, he's looking for something to cling to in the midst of facing his enemy. Where do we run when we need help in the face of our enemies? Where can we hide? Where can we find refuge and strength in the house of God? We can find it in the presence of the Almighty. You ever notice the church is the one place that you can go, you can come to, and even though you bear so many weights and so many burdens, even though you fought so hard through the week and you've gone through so many things, all you got to do is start right here down the aisle. you got to walk to the front and lift your hands. And everything just begins to melt away like wax when you come before the Almighty God. When you get into His presence and you allow yourself to submit to the man of God, I'm very thankful for Pastor Robinson's ministry. I don't know about you, but I'm thankful for the covering. I'm thankful that he loves this people, that we can come to him and he'll speak to us as he's led by the Holy Ghost. He's not a man that deals flippantly. He doesn't just say words to say words, but he does it by the help of the Lord. Submit to your man of God because he's not going to lead you astray. He's using the help of the Lord to lead him and to guide him. So Elisha tells Joash in this moment, go ahead and open up the window eastward. And I want you to shoot an arrow. And if you're obedient to what I say then you're going to win against the Syrian army. The scripture records that he did just as he was instructed. My mind goes back to times in my own life. Maybe you can rewind in your own life to moments where maybe I wasn't as obedient as I should have been to the direction of God. But immediately he opened the window and he shot the arrow. The act of obedience will do more than you can ever think or imagine when the Lord is leading you. When He's speaking to you. When He's communicating to you. Don't hesitate to do exactly what He says to do. <laughs> Take it from me. It seemed pretty crazy to leave a community where I had pastored for five years carved a church out from the stone and for God to lead me to Lafayette, Indiana to be a part of this church, to be a help and a blessing in any way, shape, or form that I can. But God said to do it. God said, go here. God asked me to be obedient so the least I can do is obey the Lord. The least that you and I can do is be obedient. Don't hesitate. Don't set back and wonder, oh, well, God, if you'll give me a sign, right? How many of us have dealt with people like that or we've been that ourselves? God, give me a sign. If the sun's over here in this spot at this moment, God, I, I'll know it's you. God, if this person walks by three times, God, I know. It's got to be you, God. Don't challenge him that way, right. but be obedient to his leading. Remember as a child, went to the grocery store with my great aunt, and there was a crippled gentleman that was wheeled into the entry. We were checking out. We had everything we needed, and we were getting ready to check out and to leave. And uh, I began to look at this crippled gentleman that had been wheeled in in his wheelchair, and the Lord told me in that moment, go pray for him, and he's going to walk. Go lay your hand on him and he's going to walk. What I do, God, I'm just eight years old. What are these people going to think? What's going to happen if he's not healed? Who cares? The results are not up to you and I. The obedience part is up to you and I. Right here's where we find ourselves a lot of times when God's leading us to do something. We take a seat on God. We're waiting on Him to do something, but we'll just sit by and wait for it to come to pass. God, I know you're going to do it. It's 2 o'clock, God. You said by now. (laughs) But He's asking us to go a little further. I've not come with a deep revelation today. But I've come to remind each and every one of us that we've just got to go a little bit further. We've got to wait a little bit longer. We've got to take just a couple more steps. We've got to run the race just a little while longer. Because the prize is just within reach. It's within our grasp. We're just one step away from a miracle. We're just one step away from a breakthrough. I know it seems impossible. The last month, for my family and I, there's been moments when what God was doing seemed very impossible. God, it seems like there's hurdle. After hurdle, after hurdle, after hurdle, after hurdle. But those are there to jump over. If he puts them there, he'll give us strength to overcome them. Look, God sees more in us than we see in ourselves. I don't know who that speaks to today. It speaks to me. Because God dropped that in my spirit this week. God... Sees more, knows more, expects more from us than we can even see or know ourselves. He knows that you're stronger. (laughs) He knows that you can go further. Well, wait, God, my side's hurting. I've been running a long time. Right the runner's side. God, I'm fatigued. I'm tired. Deal with anguish and struggles and strife, God. I'm troubled on every side, as David said in the word of the Lord. I'm troubled. My enemy seems to rise up against me continually. I'm being pursued into this cave of life. I'm being pursued where no one else is at, all alone, all by myself. But even. In the midst of the darkness, he is with you and he's asking you just to go a little bit further. Yea, though I walk through the shadow in the valley of death, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. His authority and his strength, they comfort me because nothing can conquer him. Nothing can overtake him because all of hell is going to bow in the end. Hell can throw whatever they want at you, all the demonic forces. Satan himself can use every device and every tool that he wants to use, but even he and those tools will fall at the feet of Jesus. I'm saying go a little further, go a little longer take another step, just one more, just one more mile to go, but I wonder if we could change our view from just that one more mile, but God, if I need to go two more, God, I'm going that journey, God, if I've got to go three more, I'm going that journey, God, if I've got to go five more miles, God, I'm going the journey, because I trust in you, I take refuge in you, I take hope in you, I find my joy in you, God. By the help of the Holy Ghost, we can go a little further. We can go a little longer. Though my faith feels challenged. Look, there's challenges to faith all around us. Everything we do, everywhere we go is a constant challenge to our belief in God and our obedience to the Word of God and the way of life that God has called us to. You don't believe it, take a stand for God. Take a stand for God on your sports team. Take a stand for God in your school. Take a stand for God in your workplace. It's the challenge to faith. What are you going to do when you're all alone? When you're the only one living for God in your home, in your workplace, and in your school. It's a challenge to faith. Yeah. Hebrews chapter 11 names people of faith. Why? Because they went a little further. <laughs> Why are they recognized? Because they took the steps. They went the journey. Knowing that what they had gained was beyond them. That they might not ever see what God promised them fully. Right. That's right. That's right. Moses. Moses. Wasn't able to enter into the promised land. Abraham was given a promise that he never saw. But he lived. Because of him there was a well that generation after generation could come to to drink from. Because he was willing to go the distance. Jesus himself gave us An example of going the distance in Matthew chapter 26, verse 31, when he himself was robed in the flesh, God manifest in the flesh, as the scripture says, dwelling among us. Matthew chapter 26, verse 31 says, and he went a little further and fell on his face and prayed, saying, "Oh my Father, if it be possible, let the cup pass from me. I'm going to stop there. Let this cup pass from me. That's where you and I get sometimes. God, this is just too much. God, if it be your will, let this journey pass from me. Let this, what you're asking me to do, pass from me. Let what's happening pass from me. It's too much to bear. It's too far to go. The journey lived for God is going to cost us something. That's why Paul said that we must die daily. That he might live in us and through us. This flesh has got to die because you and I's desire is self-preservation. What can I gain? What can I earn? What's in it for me, right? Our world is promoting that over and over. What's in it for me? What can I gain? What can I I heap to myself through this? His flesh cried out. Let this cup pass from me if it be possible. Let it go on by. Let me live life to its full extent. Let me keep on living. Let me keep on teaching my disciples. Let me keep on pouring into this church that I love. Let me keep on doing the things that I need to do. Let me just keep going forward the way I have these 33 and a half years. Nevertheless, not as I will. Not as I will. Not as I desire. Not as this old flesh wants what's comfortable for me we've got to get out of our comfort zone we've got to get out of our comfort zone if we ever expect to reach the world around us we've got to take a step in faith we've got to trust God to do the impossible we've got to trust God to work it all out If he directs you to pray for somebody, pray for somebody. If he directs you to invite him to church, invite him to church. If he directs you to give him a Bible study, give him a Bible study. If you need help from somebody else, ask somebody else to help you and give that Bible study. Whatever he calls you to do, do it and be obedient. And go a little further. Just a little further, my child. Just a little further. You see, going a little further requires trust and loyalty unto God. If I've learned one thing in the 34 short years of my life, it's that my trust must always be found in God. People are going to fail me, and they're going to fail you. But if we'll look to Him... Beyond the faults and failures of our brothers and sisters and of ourselves. Because we're doing the same things they're doing. We're falling short just like they're falling short. The devil will make you think their, their thing is so big. Well, look what they did. <laughs> right? He balloons it up. He's like a puffer fish. He makes it seem so big, but at the end of that, when it runs out of air, it's just this little tiny It's this little tiny thing that you're not even worried about. That's how they intimidate their enemies. Make themselves look, oh, I'm not a tasty snack because I'm big. I'm pokey. I'm uncomfortable. I'm not going down easy. That's how the devil will do to us. Make a mountain out of a molehill. But there's no mountain. That can stand in our way, the word of the Lord says. Has to be cast into the sea. If we pray and believe. Go a little further. Go a little longer. What's some things that are challenges to faith? I'm going to briefly go over these. The media is a challenge to faith. I don't care what side of the aisle or where you find yourself. That's okay with me. But the media as a whole will challenge your faith. That's right. That's right. Oh, grab onto this, grab onto that, hang on to this, cling to this, cling to that. This person is against you. That's per- that person's against you. This group of people are doing this, and that group of people are doing that. It's a challenge to faith. When you cling to those things, everywhere, distraction after distraction, from catchy songs to whatever media you listen to or look to, catchy songs that have a good tune, funny videos, all kinds of different things that we partake of on social media and all kinds of different places, they're a challenge to our faith. I'm talking to myself today, the best thing we can do is turn it off. If you want to have a deeper walk with God, turn it off for a while. See how much closer you'll get to him in a hurry. Because you don't have those distractions. You don't see the latest dilemma that's taking place all around us. And things that they're trying to sell you. Whatever place they're trying to sell it. Then we step into materialism. Materialism can be a challenge to going further or being steadfast in our faith. What can I heap to me? What can I increase in goods? What can I uh, save unto myself? What can I build up? What can I uh, uh, accumulate? How much more money can I make? What can I do with this? What can I do with that? It's the human pressure. What can I get? Do more for my kids. What can I do more for my family? Right? Materialism. How big of a house? How nice of a car? How many things? How much can I put in my retirement? Retirements are not bad. I'm not saying that. But if you're neglecting something else, such as your service unto the Lord, anything can become an idol. Your sports can become an idol. Sports in and of itself is not bad. It's enjoyable. It's something you can do, but it can become your idol. Right. My wife and I have watched several people. That's what they do every Sunday. They're at uh, several sports games on Sundays, and they're, they're every day it seems like they're doing it, and they're traveling, and they're doing this, and they're doing that. It can become your God very easily. Right. But here's one we don't consider very much. Something else that can keep us... Or challenge our faith or challenge our steps to go a little further is worries. Our cares, our anxieties, our concerns for tomorrow. What we face, the pressures. Many of us have a lot to worry about these days. Would you agree? Those of us who are parents worry about our children and about the future, they'll face we have financial concerns, the pressures to keep up with those around us and anxiety even over our own health. Yes. We fret about the environment, about wars, about injustice, and about poverty, and about sickness. With the massive amount of information we now have access to, many of these worries have been magnified tenfold. And the pressure can be overwhelming. However, this distraction can be inverted because one of the best ways to release yourself from the worries is to give them all to God. Give them to God. He didn't create you to bear the weight. He didn't create you to bear the burdens all alone because he said, cast your cares on me. For he cares for you. The concerns we face are often far too big for us. So our worries don't really even achieve a single thing. They don't help us make another step. But I would argue the contrary. They hold us back. Or they keep us where we're at at best, to where we can't go a little further. We can't go a little longer. They leave us drained and tired, stressed and overwrought, full of sympathy and sorrow, but they make no difference to the suffering of the world. Your worry's not gonna feed the hungry, your concern's not gonna change the injustices, but we know a God who can. We serve a God who can get beyond injustices and barriers of life and join one body of people from all over the world. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation. That's his heart. That's his desire. so thankful for a church of unity, of people that love God and serve Him together. I thank God and I praise God for the many accomplishments that I've seen in this church already. What's been accomplished, just today what was celebrated with the Financial Peace University, that's amazing in today's world. When the world's promoting, charge this, charge that. Get another card, put it on this, take out another loan. We're helping people get to the place of financial peace in their life. If you live like nobody else today, you can live like nobody else tomorrow that's the old Dave Ramsey quote calls you weird people when you live financially free but I'm grateful for where we've come and I've just been with you a short while please understand my heart I know many of you have been here for generations you've been here for many years and I'm not downplaying that I can only say what I've experienced I can only come from my approach but I'm so grateful and thankful for a heart of a church for God that desires to serve and to push after pleasing God in everything that we do. Loving Him in all things. Loving people. Serving others. Being faithful in everything that we do. Not just saying we're a church that loves God and loves people and wants to serve people, but putting it to action. Your actions have meant the world to me. I've watched the social media posts and the interactions in the community and what you're doing. Don't stop now. Keep doing it. Do it more. Get out there everywhere you can because people need to know there's a hope. People need to know that they can find joy and peace in this place. People need to know they can find refuge here at Star City Church where they can belong. Where they can be a part. Joash stopped at smiting the ground with his arrow just three times. And the prophet of God says, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I asked you to go a little further. How far you're willing to go often determines what happens next. That's right. That's right. It determines what God will do in your life. Look, I, I know the feeling of wanting to give up. I know the feeling of feeling all alone and wondering what's going to come next, what's going to happen next. What arrow, what fiery dart's going to come at you? That's why God gave us the shield of faith That's right. That's right. to go a little further. Yeah. You see, He didn't give us just any old shield. I don't want to get into all this, but when God gave us the armor, he also gave us the shield. And we think of a shield as just a a mobile small shield, but he didn't give us something like that. He gave us a big bulky shield that goes from floor uh, all the way up beyond where we could stand tall. And it goes way off to the sides against every fiery dart. Because he didn't give us a halfway defense. He didn't take us part of the journey. He didn't give us something that could just get us through a little while. But he gave us what we need to get through. I wonder if Joash would have decided to continue smiting the ground. We'll never know. We can only speculate. Because he only did it three times. But what if he had obeyed? What if he had did the five or six times? He wouldn't have constantly fought that same enemy. There's some of us in here today that we keep fighting the same enemy. Because we're only willing to go the three times. And the enemy keeps coming back because we only go the same distance we were willing to go before. And we just keep going through the same motions. Expecting God to work. Expecting God to move. Expecting God to set us free. But we're just smiting three times. Go a little further. Smite four or five times because that same enemy you're going to see again and again and again, you're not going to see anymore if you'll go the distance. Some of you have been struggling with this in your mind. Because the enemy keeps coming back with the same old lies, the same old things. He keeps trying to trouble you, cause you to struggle, cause you to trip up. He's trying to get in the same places, the same avenues. And all it's going to take is for you to keep going further. Keep going in the journey. Don't give up, don't let down. Because your reward is within reach. Philippians chapter 4 verses 19 through 20 tells us, but my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. By Christ Jesus, now unto God our Father be glory forever and ever. See, what God gives us, what God supplies us with in our walk with him and our journey is not of ourselves. It's of him. We think we can't make it. We think we can't go another step. But God says you're not dependent on yourself. But I need you to depend on me. I need you to go a little further. I need you to go a little longer because I'll guide you I'll be your help, I'll be your strength, and I'll be your fortress. Philippians 1 and 6, being confident of this very thing, that he which hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ, until he comes back for his people. That's how long he'll keep you. That's how long he'll help you go the journey. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength, Isaiah 40 and 29. Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. Some battles, you don't need to say a word. You don't need to argue. You don't need to fight. You don't need to struggle. You don't need to prove a point. Sometimes you just need to stand still and see the salvation of the Lord. Not the death, burial, resurrection. Not repentance, baptism in Jesus' name and the filling of the Holy Ghost. I'm talking about salvation from what you're facing. That original salvation will keep you. It will bless you. It will drive you further to Faith. But the salvation of the Lord to pull you out of a situation or to carry you through a situation is the continual salvation. If the music would come. Philippians 4 and 8 says this, Finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest... Whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue, patience is a virtue. (laughs) We don't want to hear that one, do we? The scripture tells us to let patience have its perfect work. That's going a little further. That's going a little longer. How can we keep going in this journey? Hebrews 12, one through 2. Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight. Not some, not a few, not a portion, but every weight. you've come in this place with a weight today God can set you free if you've come in this place weary with the journey God can help you God can be your strength because the scripture goes on to say in the sin which doth so easily beset us let us run with patience the race that is set before us looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame is set down at the right hand of the throne of God how will you chase how will you face rather the challenge of faith how will you go the extra mile How will you make the journey? Through the help of the Lord. I don't know who you are today. But if you need that kind of strength, this altar is open today. There's folks that will pray with you. If you'd come now. If you feel the Lord tugging on your heart. If you feel him reaching for you today. If you feel that beckoning and that call in your mind and in your ears. Go a little further. Go a little longer. Go with me just a little while longer. You can do it. You can make it. You can endure. You can run the race with patience. This journey that's set before you. Be encouraged today.